to show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. And this week on the podcast, we're going to have a returning guest here. So I sat with this guest previously, not too, too long ago, but after hearing his brutal hockey injury story, I was like, oh, I got to have this guy back on. Plus, he's got a lot going on here. So we're going to welcome back to the show, Mr. Matt Guffy. Matt, what's going on, man? How you feeling? I'm much. I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me again. No, thank you. Thank you for making the time to do this. And also, I'll admit here on air, I messed up my um, scheduling and timing. So thank you for being patient with me as I crammed food down my face. And <laughs> all like, good, oh, man. All let good. Me, let me get back get back to recording. <laughs> um, so uh, I think right out the gate, uh, let's just jump right into it here um, with the the new set that you got up and everything uh, just kind of walk me through, I guess how it came about as far as, uh, you know, everything's progressing and, and you got big moves going on here. So uh, I guess walk me through and let me know, you know, how we get, how we get to this point today. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our mission is to change the way grapplers approach strength training and um, you know, we're trying to, uh, we're trying to reach jujitsu athletes uh, through as many avenues as possible. Um, you know, podcasts like yours are a great way to do it. Um, but the other thing we wanted to do is build a program that was easily accessible. And so we approached the um, BJJ Fanatics has a like a fitness subsidiary called Strong and Fit. Um, so if you go to either strongandfit.com or bjjfanatics.com, you can find our, our ebook. And so I reached out to them and I, um, and I asked them about writing a program, um, that they would sell in their store and they liked the idea. And so, you know, I sent them a draft, they liked the draft and then, um, we just kind of ran with it from there. So that's how the move, feel, perform better ebook came to be. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. When I was you know, flip it through just as I go through Instagram, it's however the algorithm set up, you know, we've already been in contact. So they're going to feed, they're going to feed your posts to me, like kind of at the top. So as I'm scrolling, I was just kind of looking and, and it took a second for it even to click in my head. And I was like, huh, I, I think, oh yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> and you know, the way that BJJ wiki set up immediately, I was like, I got to repost this. I, I got to, you know, put the word out there, let people know where you're at with everything right now. Um, just, you know, with this uh, upstart of it, do you feel like, okay, now that we got this ball rolling, you know, I know it's early, but are you looking forward to like maybe an idea like, okay, we've got, you know, I put so much here. I got more to add. I got other chapters that I want to, you know, put out there to follow up on this. Yeah. I mean, our goal eventually would be to build um, to build a program for BJJ fanatics, uh, build like an instructional, so to speak, something that um, some that grapplers can, you know, see and feel and use um, more so than the ebook. 
Um, you know, this is kind of our our first foray into writing stuff for that platform. Um, but eventually, the goal would be to um, to build an instructional like ones that you see, um, you know, on the VGJ Fanatics Instagram. The, you know, alongside guys like Gordon Ryan and Craig Jones and all all of the all the guys who are putting out a lot of that content. I think eventually, you know, we can make it to that level. Um, and I and the way to do it, in my opinion, is just through that consistent effort, right? Like the Grand Canyon, just you just gotta be. It's like that one stream, just over and over and over down that one path, and eventually, you know, you, you build this, uh, you know, you build this this huge thing. So uh, this is just our first, uh, the first entry into that domain. Um, but I, I have. Um, I have a feeling there'll be a lot more, a lot more to come as the, as the years pass. Good. good. And it, it's gotta be crazy just to think, you know, you're kind of moving in that direction. Like you said, you, you know, kind of be along the wall with, you know, the Gordon Ryan's Craig Jones, Tom DeVos, you know, the, the names that we see up there on fanatics already. And then, you know, with the ebook right now, that's just a stepping stone to get you there to the next move. Uh, as you were working on um, this project, um, how long did it take you to, I guess, you know, from start to finish, I guess, once you found out like, hey, we're going to make this happen. How long did, you know, that take you to get it materialized? Um, I'm the kind of guy that once I latch onto something, I can't stop until it's done. So uh, writing the program took me you know, maybe a couple of days. Um, and then filming was the longest piece, uh, I guess, uh, from a like a total time commitment standpoint. But I honestly, I went into the gym and I, I just cranked out every video on there back to back to back to back to back. I woke up the next day and I was like, Oh, I'm so sore. Because <laughs> I, I had filmed so many exercises. Um, which probably wasn't the best way to do it for me physically. Um, but mentally, it was nice to get past that uh, and to get that out of the way quickly. Um, and then once all that's done, I mean, I had to write, um, I had to write like a short thing for each phase of the program, um, just explanations, notes, things that, you know, somebody going through the ebook might need to know, um, you know, certain details that you know, unless you're there with me, you wouldn't get. So I had to, you know, really think through, okay, like somebody seeing this for the first time, what are they going to see and feel and think? And um, so that took, I mean, that took a few days to really suss all of that out. And then after that, I just sent everything over to, to Strong and Fit and um, they sent it through their editorial process. They go through and, um, you know, put all the bells and whistles on it and make it look good and, you know, give it that classic BJJ fanatics, uh, feel on that cover, which is really cool. Um, that was, that was a special moment for me when I saw that for the first time, I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Like I've, you know, we all know what that looks like, you know, with all the, the same font and all the pictures and everything. And I was like, yeah, man, it just like blew my mind to, to see it, uh, to see that come to fruition. So, you know, all things considered about a month, a month and a half, um, so four to six weeks, um, from start to finish. It's funny to think, 
like as as you say, you know, kind of the the time window there. I'm thinking like, damn man, it in in my mind, I'm kind of similar in like I latch on to things and I can't not think about it. It's like you got it. It's like this is the plan. This is a project. But then also in my mind too is like, man, this must have been like he must have started this like after we finished recording because <laughs> like, for me it's like oh that that's a two month one and a half month project in, in my mind, but also. For you, this is like your your field of expertise, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, I mean, it's three phases. It's a twelve week program, so um, there's a lot of content in there, and um, it's you don't necessarily have to be a jujitsu athlete to to do it. Anybody can do it, and anybody can benefit from it. Um, but obviously, like my uh, my heart lies with you know the the grappling athlete actually as i'm pulling it up here I, i've been going through a bit of a um i guess re um imagining of my grappling life right now trying to get everything back on track and then seeing this is like you know what this might be something that's right up my alley for sure and also you know when I see any kind of content or, you know, announcements for seminars and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I, I know they've got kind of a system. They've got something that's, that's battle tested, you know, and, and it works. And then even just looking at this right here, I'm like, you know what? They not just out of the ideal of support, but also the idea of like, this might actually jumpstart me to where I need to get back to. Oh, I love to hear that, man. That's awesome. Like I, I went back after uh, I had a groin injury a while back, mm -hmm. thought I was better, was not better because groins are tricky. And now, now I feel better. I'm back out there. But then just this past week on the mats, I felt like, oh, my God, you know, this is this. And, you know, I turned to my coach. I was like, man, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm back to day one. Everything is gone. I, I lost all my mojo. Did I wash my belt? What's what's going on here? I'm losing <laughs> my powers. But just looking at, at everything, he was like, dude, it, it's, it's like the way that it looks like it's set up. It's like it, it seems like, you know, like the whole, um, uh, you know, for dummies program you know it's like it's it looks like straightforward it's, and simple it's not it's, anything that's over complex yeah it's foolproof it's comp it's not too complex the you know one of the one of the major tenets that we that we live by is variation without change so for instance you know from one phase to the next you know over the course of several phases it could be months could be years right the movement pattern itself might not change for, you know from you know, from one phase to the next, but the, you know, where we position the load, whether it's like in the goblet position right in front, or if it's in the suitcase position by your side, or if it's two dumbbells, you know, instead of one, or it could be the front rack position, or it could be any number of things, right? Those are all ways that we can vary the exercise without having to change it completely, which makes moving from one phase to the next really, really simple. So, like you said, anybody can get it. Um, you know, it doesn't mean we have to reteach a, a whole new phase, right? Uh, because from, you know, from when we move from phase one to phase two, we can just say, okay, 
You remember the goblet split squat from phase one. Now it's a two dumbbell split squat. So this, the pattern is the same. We're just changing the implement, right? Or the, the load position. So um, that's what makes it so simple and so intuitive, I think, is that it's not a new thing every single time, but it's just new enough to still be interesting, right? And keep things fresh and um, continue, uh, well, to help people continue to adapt, right? And to, to make gains. I think that's something for someone like myself, especially that's comforting to hear because I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'm just on YouTube or something or, or even, you know, growing up doing my own, you know, program and things get so complex, you know, you do a lot of like, okay, you, you're doing exercises that aren't complementing each other. You're doing exercises that it's like, you go from, you know, Oh, you, you know, you're going from, you know, pull-ups to squats is like, or, or, you know, you're just doing things that are completely all over the place. So I like that, you know, again, you're keeping the movement simple. You're keeping them, you know, in line where, you know, it's not intimidating. And actually, as we're here, I'm ordering right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead well, I appreciate up. the support and I can't wait to, to hear how you feel after you've done it. Um, you know, that's something just to touch on what you just said, it's something that I've realized the the longer I've done this, um, the most effective programs are in essence the simplest ones, right? It's the it's the fundamentals executed ruthlessly well, and you know it's not much different than than jujitsu, right? You don't see many helicopter arm bars. Right. That's fancy and that's fun to watch on on Instagram. But what are the most common, you know, the most common submissions at Worlds were, you know, chokes from the back, arm bars. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. You know, it's 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 all fundamental. It's not I won't say it's easy, but it is simple. And, you know, I found that the more simple, you know, the um, you know, the more I commit to making programs simple, the better results people see, myself included. I've always feel like when you're younger, or at least when I was younger, again, the ideal felt like it always had to be complex. It always had to be, like you said, the fancy moves in, in competition, they're fun to see. How practical are they? Like, right. what's the percentage on, you know, the effectiveness of it? I mean, you look at Hodger Gracie, you know, he's still using just collar chokes. Yep. On black belts. And, yep. you know, that's, you know, a move you learn at white belt. So, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and, 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 and that's just how I think as I'm older now, especially when I'm what, 45. So if I see something that's simple, sign me up. Like, yep. it's not even about being lazy. It's about, again, thinking about the effectiveness of the routine and also, you know, just your day too. It's like, look, I don't, want to be jumping from one thing to another and all these crazy big movements. So I like the sounds of it. Yeah. And then, you know, for those who do practice jujitsu often, you know, the beauty of, or one of the, um, well, the beauty of the program is that it's built so that it doesn't take away from the things that you love, whether that's jujitsu or walking your dog or going for hikes or whatever it is, you know, we've condensed everything into a two day program. It doesn't have to be five days a week to make gains. You know, most of our 
athletes at our gym are jujitsu athletes and they train five, six, sometimes seven days a week. Uh, and so taking time away from the mats is, it cannot happen, right? It's a, it's a non-negotiable for them. And if it meant, you know, if it meant spending less time on the mats, they wouldn't join our program. They wouldn't come train with us. And so we had to find a way to make things, um, short and sweet, but very, very effective. And so we've, you know, put things in order so that you can get a lot done in a very short amount of time, which is really nice. Good, good. Um, for you doing this, um, you know, as you're going through the mm -hmm. processes, did, did you run into anything where you felt like, did you ever run into like, almost kind of a roadblock of any sort, you know, as you're trying to, you know, put the program together, did you get like too excited at any point and you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm doing too much here. Or you had it like kind of ironed out. No, nah, I got it ironed out at this point. I think it's, uh, <laughs> uh, we, you know, at this point we've worked with hundreds of grapplers, you know, from all levels, white to black belts, um, uh, you know, all different levels of intensity and commitment, you know, from the hobbyist to the lifestylist to the full-blown competitor. Um, so we've got a, you know, I think our system is pretty well structured and uh, like you said, battle tested. Um, so it was really, you know, for me, it was another day in the office, just build a program, build a program for people who, you know, have something that they really enjoy that they don't want to stop doing that needs, uh, you know, some kind of uh, strength training component to it. And uh, then we went from there. So even though, you know, you've, you know, you, you kind of have this all locked down, you know, like I said, it's just another day in the office. Uh, you know, were there any, you know, challenges besides the physical, you know, aspect to it that you encounter just like, um, I, I, or do you foresee anything that might be a challenge, you know, as you're, you know, looking to make more programs moving forward? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a challenge, but something that keeps us on our toes is we're, you know, we're constantly looking to refine. Um, you know, we're not, you know, I said it was another day in the office, but that doesn't mean I just mailed it in, you know, we're, you know, we are constantly looking for something to add um, or subtract from the way we do things to make things better for the people that we serve. So if I said, if I, if I had to answer that, I said the, you know, the biggest challenge is just finding the next thing. Um, and, you know, we, you know, we rigorously go through our exercise menu um, regularly and say, okay, like, does this belong still? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Keep it. No. Why doesn't it belong? Right. What's, what is the, you know, what is the limiting factor here? You know, why do we need to get rid of it? And if we're going to get rid of it, what are we going to put in its place? Are we going to put anything in its place? Um, so these are the questions that kind of keep us up at night is like, you know, what is the very best way to be doing this thing? You know, we can only go on, you know, the research, the, the practical side of things, right? There are thought leaders in the space that we follow really closely and say, okay, like these people are on the cutting edge of what it is 
that we're doing, the strength training portion of things. Um, and so we're, you know, we're constantly trying to dissect and filter all of that information into a system that best suits our people. Um, so to answer your question, that's probably the biggest challenge is just um, making sure we're making the right decisions as far as what we add or subtract from the program or from the philosophy. So as it all stands right now with uh, your training and just, you know, work as well, because this is work, um, how's everything going for you on the mats as far as like, you know, competing uh, and, and just getting your reps in? Yeah. Um, I mean, overall pretty well. I, I don't have much to complain about. Um, training pretty much every day. I'm nursing a knee injury right now. I uh, tweaked it at American Nationals in the absolute. Um, kind of a freak thing. Just guy went for a toe hold and I felt a pop in my knee. And so I, I tapped there. I, I, I want to train on Monday. So I was like, ah, you know, it's not worlds. It's not a medal round. Uh, I think I'll just stop my run right now. Um, but I got third in my weight class. So that was nice. Um, I feel like I'm, I, I feel, you know, that was my 10th competition at Brown belt since I got promoted in December. Um, so I've been competing a lot and I, I'm feeling the benefits of that, right? Like the, you know, who I am on the mats now is not the same person that I was six, seven months ago. Um, so that's pretty cool, you know, because there are things that I'm things that I'm doing or the way I'm seeing the game that have just changed as a result of that. Um, so other than the knee injury, which is getting better, you know, like I, I'm still on the mats, I'm still drilling, I'm still able to do things. Um, I just know I got to take it a little easy, um, you know, while I rehab it off the mats. Um, so yeah, no complaints, man. I'm having fun. It's a blast. Good, good. In your, uh, you know, as, as people come into you, do you ever run into anyone who, like you said, you know, they caught you in the toehold, you felt the pop and you're like, let me go ahead and, you know, just, you know, live the fight another battle. Do you ever encounter, uh, just people in training, you know, that you train that they come in with like kind of a maybe a pre-existing injury and you know they're trying to work through it and you're like hey man like maybe this isn't isn't the right thing to do and you know they still keep you know do you have anyone that's hard-headed i guess yeah i mean we see people pretty much every jujitsu athlete who comes to us has some sort of pre-existing injury uh you know, I, I had a strategy session with one today um, and, you know, we go through our intake form and on there is, you know, you know, talk to us about previous injuries. And that part of the conversation is always the longest. Um, we typically see it's, it's a, a litany of, <laughs> of injuries sustained, um, you know, several of which are jujitsu related. Um, but I won't say they're hard headed. If people are coming to us, they're um, looking for help and they're open to the idea of changing the way they do things. And so that's, you know, I think that is, um, well, it's a direct reflection of how we are, right? Like as a, as a company, um, you know, we're always looking for, like we talked about, you know, we're looking for 
new and better ways to do things. And so the people who come to us are generally in that, uh, that same mindset. Okay. So no one's trying to downplay the injury. Like, you know, yeah, there's a click in my shoulder, but it's no big deal. It, well, yeah, it's sometimes, I mean, okay. I should say people are athletes. We're all, you know, I'm an athlete. I get it. Uh, there are times where I'm like, it's fine, you know, and in, as I've gotten older and as I've, um, you know, spent more time in the field of strength and conditioning, I've learned not to do that. And so now I'm helping teach other people to listen to their bodies and, you know, take care of themselves. And if it means taking a day off or even just going easy on one day, you know, sometimes people come in and they're like, I got this and that and this and that. And I'm like, okay, let's just see what we can do. And if it's only a couple things, it's only a couple things. That's okay. You know, there's not, there's nothing wrong with that movement is medicine so if you're moving as, as much as we can move without you feeling pain the better like that's gonna you know that's gonna promote really good blood flow and uh you know it's gonna get nutrients to the injured site and it's you know it's good for your mental health just to move and so um you know yes people can be athletes in that way where they're you know trying to like tough it out but at this point, we've gotten pretty good at figuring out when people are doing that. And we just slow down. We're like, all right, hey, I got the feeling you're trying to you're trying to be a you know, you're trying to be a, a, a warrior here. And that's OK at, at times. But right now, let's just focus on getting you through this lift and making sure that you leave here feeling better and not worse. And, you know, I think people are really receptive to that and have bought into the idea that, you know, just because you didn't do every single thing on the program today, doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just means, you know, your body's trying to tell you something, listen to it, and then come back next week and let's try it again. And we'll, and, you know, we'll just keep going from there. And so that happened just a couple weeks ago. Somebody, you know, they deadlifted a thousand times with us, never felt anything. Came in, tried to deadlift, felt something in the back of their shoulder. They're like, ah, it doesn't feel right. I'm like, okay, let's cut it. We'll cut it today. Do everything else, do everything that we can. And he came back yesterday and set a record, you know, on the deadlift in that particular, uh, you know, that particular lift. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's all about living a fight another day. And uh, I think we're doing a good job of teaching our people that. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like you said, they, they're coming to you. You are a professional. So say, so look, man, settle down. Just, you know, live the fight another day. I, I could have used that probably about a month and a half ago myself. <laughs> I was just like, I'll be okay. Go ahead. Deep. That's not a problem for. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> it is a problem. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we all, I need it too. Sometimes, you know, I, I, sometimes I need somebody to be like, Hey man, like, are you okay? Like, it's okay. If you do a little bit less, you know, I, I was in physical therapy for my own stuff and you know, my coach there was like, you know, we were talking about strategies to, you know, improve mobility in my hip. Uh, but I was feeling some pain when I did some things and she was like, well, what if you, you know, Instead of doing it 100%, could you do it at like 50%? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I dropped my head. I'm like, that's what I would have said. You know, like, that's <laughs> why, why didn't I, 
why didn't I think of that? Um, so, you know, even I, even me, somebody who, who teaches people to do that sometimes needs somebody to, to, to help them in that, in that realm. So you're not alone. Yeah, true. It's, it's good to hear at least it's like, look, this is, this is the instructor who also needs those reminders because yeah. like you said, we're all, we're all athletes out here just trying to, you know, and, and there are those moments where you're like, no, I know my body. I'll be okay. And then until your body says, I got something new to tell you. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think there's, you know, there's a conversation we had there just regarding pain in general pain itself is not a bad thing like pain's an important defense mechanism right if we didn't have pain if you put your hand on a burning stove you'd burn your hand right off you know and so you need pain and it sucks it's not fun but it is just a message it is just your body trying to tell you something and so i think it helps that we're trying to teach people how to um you know how to have that conversation with themselves and how to um, assess the pain that they're feeling and then work backwards and say, okay, like you're feeling pain here. This is something that we can do to help mitigate that and help get you back to where you were before. Um, I, I know we talked last time about uh, the hockey injury with the puck. I, I told my grandma that story. Then I let her listen to it because I couldn't. I was like, look, like, <laughs> Because I was trying to convince her to be on the podcast. We kept, like, pushing it back. I was like, okay, look, Grandma, this is, this is what the podcast is like. And then she was like, oh, okay, sounds fun. And then I was like, here, let me tell you this other story. And I was like, no, no, let me just let you hear this story. And, and she was like, oh, wow, okay. Well, I don't have any stories like that. Um, but I was like, Grandma, it's like, it's just I just wanted you to hear it. Because it, it was still fresh for me. Um, but on uh on the mats for you what was uh you know the worst injury that you've had to deal with on the mats um the worst injury that i've had to deal with that kept me off the mats the longest um was and i should preface this by saying i think this was i was predisposed to um you know an injury like this because of my history in hockey not because of jujitsu. Um, I think my body was well worn down prior to me starting this. Um, you know, I had a lot of miles on my frame. And so uh, I tore my, I think I did. I, I don't, I never got imaging on it, but I felt a pop, heard a pop. Uh, and, you know, I had uh, one of our, one of my training partners, he's the athletic trainer for uh, us wrestling. So he was in Tokyo at the Olympics and all that stuff. So I had him take a look at it and, you know, we went through it. And so he thinks, and I tend to agree that I tore my labrum and my right shoulder. And that kept me off the mats for a couple of months. Um, you know, I did my best. I would just go to class and just watch, sit there and take notes and just soak it in. I'm sure we've all been there. Right. Um, you know, I drilled for a long time. It took a long time for my shoulder to get back. Um, so I went through, you know, physical therapy and all this stuff for it. And, um, you know, now it's fine. And I should, just to be clear, most people have some sort of labral fraying or tearing, especially athletes, you know, hockey is considered an overhead sport. 
while you're not actually raising your arm overhead like this, like a baseball player would, this like externally rotated position in the shoulder is exactly what it looks like when you shoot. And so that's why it's considered an overhead sport. So most people who have played or do play an overhead sport experience some type of some type of labral fraying in one or both shoulders. I think it's something like 75% of people like over the age of 30 have something. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It doesn't necessarily mean that they all present with pain. You know, some do, some don't. And the margin, you know, the, the margin is very, very slim for who presents with pain and who does not. You know, some people may have a completely torn labrum and experience no pain at all, you know, outside of the acute pain that comes with tearing the labrum. But like long term, it may not, they may not present with pain. Others may have just very minor fraying and present with, you know, great deals of pain. Just depends on, depends on a lot of things. Depends on where the ball is in the socket and all that stuff. So uh, anyways, that was the worst injury that I've experienced personally, but I don't think it was as a result of jujitsu. I think it was, uh, it was a result of my history with hockey and how long I had played. And you you think about every summer from probably the age of 12 to 22 or 23, I probably shot just in the summers, 10,000 pucks, and so you're looking at, uh, you know, a across the course of the seasons and not, you know, then including all the summers, probably hundreds of thousands of times in one direction versus the other. Um, and so my shoulder is just seen a lot. It's just, it, like I said, it's got a lot of miles on it. And um, I, I remember, I'll never forget the moment because I, we were just drilling and I reached to try to sink in the rear naked choke. And as soon as I reached forward i felt and heard the pop and i was like oh ow. and uh and that was it for me you know for for a couple months so um that's the worst one that i've encountered myself i mean it makes sense you know when you frame it that way especially just all the years of hockey you know eventually you know something was gonna you know kind of that wear and tear over the years was gonna you know present itself somewhere um yeah, you know, the, the people, I think a lot of it would benefit people to think of their bodies. I mean, they're mechanical parts. They're no different than, than parts in a car, right? You only have X number of cycles before the belt breaks or, you know, something comes apart uh, before you need new brakes, before you need, like, they're just mechanical parts. At the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, and so our bodies are the same. Uh, so it's really, uh, you know, want to try to avoid, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. <clears throat> One of my coaches, when I, uh, I was going through, um, a certification course, a mobility course at the UFCPI in Vegas. And one of the things he said to me was, you know, the cost of getting good at anything, sports, sports especially, but the cost of getting good at anything is getting worse at human, right? Because the more we, you know, the more we go down this path, we're like, okay, we're only doing this one thing. So for me, it was hockey, right? I'm shooting tens of thousands of pucks every summer. 
and putting myself in the same position over and over and over and just turning my shoulder over and over and over, right? The cost of that was my shoulder is not going to do the things a normal human shoulder does. So for instance, like I can't rotate in very well on this side, but on this side I can, right? So, and that's just a, a physiological adaptation that my body underwent. It was like, okay, he needs more this way. And it just kept giving me, I was, kept, I kept reinforcing that groove. And so that's changed. You know, it, I, my shoulders will never be the same again. Am I upset about that? No, it's just a reality, right? It's something that we all go through. You know, the same could be said about sitting, right? Like a lot of people have desk jobs now. The cost of getting good at any desk job will take engineering. Like I'm here in Silicon Valley, right? So people sit and they code for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. So the cost of getting good at coding is getting worse at human, right? Because they get stuck in this position. You see a lot of people with their shoulders slumped forward, really, really rounded backs. And so that's the, that's the price that we pay. You know, jujitsu is unique in that there are so many variations of ways to do things that it, you know, I, it, uh, I, it doesn't predispose you as often to the same physiological adaptations that you might see in an overhead sport athlete, like a baseball player or a hockey player, or somebody that's doing the same exact thing over and over, right? Like a pitcher throws his pitch while the pitch might be different, but his, his delivery is nearly identical from, from pitch to pitch to pitch. And they're pitching you know, hundreds of baseballs a day over the course of 20 years, that's going to be very, a very specific adaptation. In jujitsu, we're constantly going down different paths, right? And so it's not quite the same, um, which is why I love jujitsu so much is I, I think it's, there's that, that variability of movement, which is really, really important. I know I just rambled like crazy right there. That, that was, I, I, I was, yeah, it, uh, it all made sense. All right, cool. Um, like, I, I was actually able to follow. It was like, oh, no, no, I, I get where you're going. Uh, I, I think if there's anything, you know, that, you know, we may suffer in jujitsu more so for gi is our hands get mangled. Yeah. Uh, just with grips that, that, that might be the only thing I could think of that's relatively consistent. Um, unless you do no gi, then you're like, huh, my hands look nice. <laughs> have, you, have you ever, uh, you know, come across any, I guess, advice or any information that just seems like it's like they feel confident in what they're saying, but it's just so like far from accurate that you have to say like, Hey, hold on, let me help you out here. You're talking about people coming to me with advice, like saying, Hey, this is how it is. Not even necessarily that, but like, just like you know, seeing anything on social media, like, you know, someone jumping in the comments or something like that, uh, or even if they came to you, there was one time, I don't even, I wouldn't be able to tell you who the username was. He never responded to me. Actually. I was recently on the elbows type podcast <laughs> and my, one of the hot takes I gave was, uh, we don't back squat our athletes. So we don't like, we don't have anybody do the back squat in our gym. And uh, the reason that we don't is that 
the orthopedic cost is is too high. It's just not worth it, right? We're talking about jujitsu athletes who are pretty much constantly, you know, compressing their spines and being put into weird positions. So adding external load to that just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, that's not to say that the back squat in and of itself is wrong. It's fine if people want to back squat. But for us, it doesn't make as much sense, right? There are other ways. We have other safer ways to get the same exact adaptation, if not a better one. Um, for instance, like just a single leg squat, you know, and that was the, that was the, um, you know, that's what we were talking about on, on the elbows type podcast. And so Travis posted that hot take. And then somebody in the comments was like, this guy doesn't know anything. Back squats are the best for this and this and this. And it's like, okay, you know, why, <laughs> what do you mean? Like you didn't listen to the, to the thing. You just listened to the soundbite and, and he kind of went off on me or whatever. And, you know, I had another guy that was like, what did he say? He just goes, this is a shit take. <laughs> I was like, why do you think so? And he never responded. And it, so, I mean, everybody's got their opinion, you know, our goal at the end of the day is just to keep our athletes safe. And so if I can, if I can get two people, you know, two people can get the same adaptation and one person does a single leg squat with, you know, a quarter of the weight and the other person does a back squat with twice the weight or, you know, you know, four times the weight as the, the guy with the single leg squat, I'm going to go with the single leg squat every time. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's safer. It's, it transfers better to the sport. Um, you know, and like I said, the orthopedic cost, we just don't want to put any more stress on the spine than we already do in the sport that we play. So, you know, I actually never even considered that you know, hearing it now, it, it makes total sense. I don't, I don't do back squats anyway, but you know, just thinking, I was like, huh, because you know, I'll see teammates, you know, they'll post on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, you know. And now thinking it's like, oh, that is a very good point. But it's also the internet, so everybody's always gonna. You, the internet is the world of the headline readers, so it's like you just see the one one thing is like, I'm gonna give a full blown opinion on that one little detail without hearing the rest of right. what had to be said. So yeah, oh, would you say I guess the the uh, single leg squat is you know one of your favorite. Uh, lower body uh, exercises. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't say enough about how important single leg strength is for, especially for jujitsu athletes, but just athletes in general. Um, you know, if you think about it, we walk one leg at a time, we run one leg at a time, you know, in jujitsu, how many times are you standing there with your feet even and 50% of your weight on either foot? probably never, you know, like if you are, you're about to get blast doubled. Cause it's <laughs> like, it's not, <laughs> that's not a place you want to be. Uh, and so, you know, building strength on one leg or, you know, with a bias toward one leg versus the other is really, really important. Um, not just for the orthopedic cost, like we just mentioned, but also for the, you know, the transfer to sport, I think is much higher um, for single leg stuff. So whether that's a goblet split squat or uh, reverse lunges, um, if it's a single leg deadlift or a single leg squat or any variation like that, um, anything that 
that involves placing more weight on one side than you do on the other, um, whether that's 50-50 or 70-30 or 80-20 or all, you know, pure single leg where you're all your weight is on one leg, no weight on the other leg, and you're and you're moving through a full range of motion, I think is super, super important. We place a really high emphasis on it. Everybody sees something like that at least once per uh, once per session. Um, so that that takes a really, really high priority in our um, like in our training philosophy. It's amazing as you know, last time I talked with you and then this time it's like I always feel like I'm learning so much more. It's like, huh, I didn't think of it this way. I didn't think of it that way. And now as you're mentioning, you know, just like double legs, you know, takedowns and, and just you know how we move is like okay, like now I'm just thinking about my game. And I'm like, oh shit. Like like after we get done here, I think I gotta do some single leg squats. <laughs> Well, there are some in the move, feel, perform better ebook. So if you if you go through that, you'll see. Um, and I, I promise you, single leg stuff will change your life, uh, not just on the mats, but everywhere else. You, you'll feel different. It, it really is. You know, if I if I had to say there was one um, one really, really maybe universal uh, line of feedback from all of our members is. I never realized how important the single leg stuff was. I, I, I feel different in the way I move now that I am strong on one leg at a time. Um, so it's really cool. I think, I think you'll enjoy it. Well, I, you know, like I said, as, as you're talking to me, I was like, hey, let me go ahead and get this set up now. <laughs> it's like heard a little chime. I was like, yep, got it. It's here. So I'm looking forward to, to digging into it. Also, I think, my wife just got another iPad and she was going to get rid of the other one. I was like, I was like just give it to me. Like, <laughs> I, like that's how I read books. Like, I'm, like, meanwhile, I'm sitting on my phone just swiping and like trying to blow up pages. It's like, oh my God. Like, like I'm so old. So there you go, man. We well, got your, I'm you got your iPad for your new ebook. So I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, before we wrap up and, and get out of here, as, as you're talking about, you know, the single leg uh, squat and, and, you know, the importance of it, uh, as far as any any other body part, what would you say is, you know, after that, you know, what would you say is like a very important uh, movement that, that maybe people aren't given enough uh, attention to? Yeah, so... Um, the short answer is that varies person to person, but the long answer is say, um, what we call like anti-core training. And so I'll start by saying it's really, really common for people to crank out hundreds of, uh, sit-ups or crunches or Russian twists before or after class, that's like a really common thing that happens. Um, you know, that's if we think back to the uh, the car part analogy, right? You only have so many cycles on each one of those vertebrae. And if you're constantly flexing forward and pinching forward or twisting like this, right? Which we're doing a lot in, you know, we're doing that a lot in, uh, in jujitsu, right? When we're twisting, or when we're kind of crunching and holding ourselves forward, like we already get a lot of those cycles. 
And so doing hundreds of those reps afterwards is probably not as helpful as people think. So that's the first thing. The second is when we talk about anti-core training, we talk about generating stiffness through the core. So the most basic example would be just a plank, right? Everybody knows what a plank looks and feels like. We're trying to squeeze as much as we can through the core um, so that there is no movement in the low back, right? Um, the same would be said for like a side plank or in the case of like an anti-rotation press where you're pressing a band out and the band is pulling on one side and you're having to resist the twist, right? So you're having to keep yourself square. Um, those types of exercises are super, super important because they help us, like I said, generate stiffness through the core. What does generating stiffness through the core help us with? Helps us with transferring power from our lower body to our upper body. So if you think about, think about trying to hit a baseball with a pool noodle, right? Pool noodle is really weak and flimsy. If you try to hit a baseball with a pool noodle, baseball is not going to go very far. The reason the baseball goes 400 feet is because the bat is stiff and the baseball player's core is stiff. And so when they rotate, the core transfers energy from the lower body that they're creating up into their arms, into the bat, into the ball, and then out of the park. All right. Same thing applies for when we're going for takedowns or we're going for sweeps or any type of explosive movement um, you know, that involves us trying to move our opponent. You have to be stiff in the core and in order for that to work and so uh developing that stiffness through what we what we call anti-core movements is super super important regardless of the you know regardless of the sport but especially for jujitsu athletes all right i should say there's there's one i guess one other thing i'd like to add to that and that is i'm not saying that the core is not meant to move the core is meant to move and you should be mobile through the spine, right? It's, it's, uh, you know, I think a lot of times that statement, that explanation gets blown out of proportion. People are like, he's saying that the, the spine should not move. That's not the case. Spine should move. But when you're trying to create power, it's really important that it's stiff so that you can, so that you can transfer the power from your lower body to your upper body. If you, if you think about like a judo throw, right? Where you're, you're pulling somebody over your shoulder and you're having to twist really, really quickly. If your core is not stiff and your lower body goes and your upper body doesn't, nothing happens, right? You, you might hurt yourself. And so I, I, just to clarify so that people don't take this and blow it out of proportion, your spine should move. But when you're trying to execute athletic movements, especially those that involve moving your opponent in this case, generating stiffness through the core and thus the spine is really, really important. And again, as I said, I'm learning something new each time I talk with you. And it all makes sense, especially, you know, once, once you brought up the transferring of the energy, so as you're mentioning, like it has to be stiff. I was like, that makes sense because essentially when you're swinging the bat, you know, you're, you're one with the bat at that point. Yeah. So it all kind of generates yeah. together. So hundred percent. Yep. Makes sense. That's it. The, right, well, I, lo I love the pool noodle analogy. It's one of my favorites to give. People always are like, oh, yeah, they're right, actually. If I tried to hit a ball with a pool noodle, it wouldn't go anywhere. Yep, that's it. It's all stiffness. That's all That's all it is. Well, once you brought up the judo part, I was like, immediately it went through. And I was like, oh, I can already see how, how that could fill your body. Just 
you know, any little bit of judo that, that I have done is like, is like strong. You got yeah. to be like a yeah. good core. So in me at the time, no good core. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, why is my back hurt? Oh, my, like my, like my, like this like fucking, uh, your, your size. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this, this sucks. I don't want to do judo anymore. I'm just going <laughs> to pull guard. Um, well, th- like I said, there's plenty of anti-core stuff in the uh, in the move feel perform better ebook, man. You're gonna love it. I I I know it. I can't wait to hear how you feel after you've gone through it. So, I uh, just got it downloaded here onto the iPad. So, waiting for it to populate because things do weird things. I'll upload. Okay, there we go. Now we got it. Cool. So, um, Matt, thank you for doing this. Uh, yeah, thanks I, so I much for having you. Me. Um, no, like again, your patience with 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 uh, the the time flubs and everything. I appreciate it, dude. Um, it, it's I can't express how thankful I am for you. So thank you, and for sharing everything, all your information, and and just like I said, I I feel like each time I talk to you, I'm learning something new. So well, I appreciate, I appreciate that. It. I'm happy happy to share. Anytime you want me on, let me know. Happy to happy to make time for it. Um, I love teaching people this stuff. It's like I said, it's my mission, man. I want to help change the way grapplers approach strength training. Um, you know, if one of your listeners takes one thing that I said today and does a little bit better, um, and you know, they maybe avoid an injury that they would have uh, that they maybe would have uh, sustained as a result of something that happened on the mats you know, that enables them to stay on the mats a little bit longer, that gets them a little bit better, that helps their training partners as well as them. And so that's my way of trying to reach the the community um, in a really broad sense is, um, you know, just one grappler at a time, try to try to help them out. And, and, uh, you know, that's the goal. Excellent goal. Thank you for that. And before we get out of here, any shout outs or mentions you'd like to drop for us here? Yeah, um, go check out the Move, Feel, Perform Better ebook. It's on BJJ Fanatics and strongandfit.com. Um, you can follow me at my personal Instagram is at matt.jits.hugh. It's H E W at the end. Um, and then our gym is uh, at Victory High Performance. Um, if you're in the San Jose area, come see us. We're uh, right downtown, right at the corner of Race and Alameda. Um, and if you want to set up a strategy session, um, you just go to www.victoryhighperformance.com. All right. Excellent. I'll be sure to put all the information in the show notes and throw those up on Instagram as well. And I, I want to just say here, I, I have no shame in pointing out when, when I look at things goofy and I'm just confused, but I think I'm right. So your uh, Instagram name, I think when I was doing the original episode I put on here uh, featuring Matt Hugh and it like I was like ah oh, that's <laughs> interesting Matthew <laughs> Hugh and then I was like and then I saw your last name I was like oh my god dude like stop overthinking these things just just let I was trying I it. was trying to be clever and make it a, a play on on jitsu you know like people are like something jitsu and I was like well Jitsu kind of sounds like Jitsu. My name is Matthew, you know, so I was trying to be I, funny. I, think, I don't know if it worked. <laughs> I think everyone else got it but me. 
Like, <laughs> like, cause after the fact, I was like, Jits, he, uh, oh, I see. What <laughs> there. Uh, so there, I admitted to to everyone. I, I'm a little, a little slow. It's okay. All good. All good. <laughs> and as always, to everyone out there listening, thank you for the support. Thank you, just for you know being there. This is we're coming up on three years here. We're two episodes away. Hey, so, nice man. So, like I, I've been saying it on other episodes, I didn't think we we're I didn't think we we're going to make it past three episodes. So to get to three years is, is mind blowing. So thank you, everyone who supported the podcast. Thank you all who have been guests on the podcast. Um, just it's been really cool. So I appreciate everyone. Um, if you all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, uh, hey, if you want to be guests, reach out. Let me know. You can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram. You can also find me at Off the Mats Podcast on Instagram. So I've been saying lately, you know, you can hit me on the email, off the mats2020 at gmail.com. And then I also followed it up with, you know, sometimes I get emails and I get worried because I think they're scammers. So I think someone heard that they they were poking at me and they sent the email that it looked like a scam, but it was somebody just fucking with me. So, uh, don't do that. <laughs> Make me nervous. Uh, but thank you all the same. If y'all try trying to get a hold of me, you can find me at the Instagram accounts. That's where I'm mostly going to see messages. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to my crew over there at Nerd Rage Radio, Bobby, Chris, Joe, uh, Marilyn, Phil, Ricky, Tiki, all you fellas. Thank you for everything you guys do. Without Nerd Rage Radio, I would not be doing all the Mads podcasts. I'd just be on Nerd Rage Radio once a month. Um, so thank you to those fellas over there. I also want to give a shout out to my other podcast. So you like horror. If you like scary movies, horror films, go check it out. We are about to drop the 1980s horror uh, uh, episode. So go check it out. We're talking about a lot of the cool goofiness that comes from the 80s and horror and the impact that it has on horror even up to this day and practical effects and everything it's it's a really fun episode with Marilyn Phil and Joe from Nerd Rage Radio so go check that out um and you know just enjoy enjoy yourselves um otherwise thank you again I love you all you all have been great um you guys keep listening to this show and we're going to try to make it to year four. Thank you, everyone, and goodbye. They probably Now let me see his song.